Amen. That was some good sound right there. Aren't y'all ready to go home? A mansion, a robe and a crown. Now it was about the sixth hour and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. Then the sun was darkened and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. Luke 23, 44-46. We see from these verses Jesus on the cross, hanging, suffering, and finally crying out, Into your hands I commit my spirit. John's account, Jesus says, it is finished. What a sad moment it must have been for those who were standing there that day to see the one who raised Lazarus from the dead, to see the one who fed thousands of people with a little bread and a few fish. The one who time and time again healed the lame and made the blind to see. What an emotional view that must have been seeing Jesus on the cross dead. But brethren, that's what He came to do. John 6.38 says, For I have come down from heaven... Not to do my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. What was His will? The famous verse, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. The Father's will was for His only begotten Son to die for us because He loved us. And when this Son of God came, He told His disciples on several occasions. Matthew 16, 21, He says, From that time Jesus began to show His disciples that He must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed and be raised the third day. And just days before, as he's going into Jerusalem, Mark's account, uh, Mark 10, 33-34, listen to the detail of this, brethren. This is before it happens. We're going to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes, and they will condemn him to death. They will deliver him to the Gentiles and they will mock him and scourge him and spit on him and kill him. And the third day he will rise again. I mean, think about that. He says it to the T, exactly what was about to happen to him. Jesus knew the Father's will was going to take him to the cross. 
First Peter 1.20 says, He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world. He knew what was coming. Jesus Christ dying on the cross is a big deal, brethren. Amen? Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2, For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Paul says, I don't know anything except Jesus and Him crucified. This morning I want to look at the importance of the cross. The first thing to consider is, well, why is the cross of Jesus so important? It all comes from this verse, part A of this verse. Romans 6.23 For the wages of sin is death. It goes on to say, But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. But the beginning says, For the wages, the penalty or the payment that you get to get paid from God for your sin is death. Death. To be killed. To not live. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The payment for your sin is death. The payment for when you mess up, the payment for when you think the wrong thing, the payment for when you act the wrong way or treat somebody in a disrespectful manner and sin against them is death. In the Old Testament, uh, when God made the covenant with the children of Israel, He made a way for His people uh, to have them uh, have their sins be covered. And it was, or pardoned for one year to make atonement for. They had to make a sacrifice to the Lord. It was, Leviticus 16 talks about it. Uh, and, and if you have some time, look back and, and look at what uh, had to go on uh, during that atonement time. There was a bull, there was a ram, and there was two goats. One of the goats was a scapegoat, but one was killed for the people. Blood was shed. The blood of the sacrifice made the atonement, the covering for the people for one year, which allowed them to go for one year covered. Think about that. Their sins were covered for one year, but after the year, that's like a lease. <laughs> but you see, every year it had to be done. Leviticus 16.34 says, This shall be an everlasting statute for you to make atonement for the children of Israel for all their sins once a year. And so Aaron did as the Lord commanded Moses. So in order for God's people to be able to make atonement or to be covered for a year and receive this mercy, blood had to be shed. Hebrews 9.22 says, And according to law, almost all things are purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no 
remission. Turn with me, if you will, to Hebrews chapter 10. I want to look at Hebrews chapter 10 for just a few minutes. What a powerful and encouraging chapter to look at. I want to look at the first 18 verses. And I want you to think about what I just talked about. I want you to think about the way that people's sins were covered, God's people. God's people were covered for a year. But now listen to this. Why is the cross so important? Why is Jesus dying so important? For the law having a shadow of the good things to come. And not the very image of the things that can never with these same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year make those who approach perfect. For then who, for then would they not have ceased to be offered? For the worshipers once purified would have had no more consciousness of sins. But in those sacrifices there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sins. Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do your will, O God. Previously saying, sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offerings for sin you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first, that he may establish the second. Now listen to this verse. By that will... We have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Once for all. Everybody, all of humanity has the ability to be forgiven of you. Brethren, we are a sinful people. We do the wrong things. We say the wrong things. We act the wrong way. We are people that make bad decisions. And God says the payment for that is death. But Jesus, by Him saying, I'm going to do your will, sanctified us. He gives us the ability to be sanctified, purified from the guilt of sin. Think about that. To be made holy. To be made righteous in God's eyes. That is an amazing situation. Pitiful me. Terrible me. The things I've done, the things I've said can be purified from the guilt of sin in God Almighty's eyes because of Jesus Christ. I say amen to that, huh? Now look at this, verse 11. And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, 
which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, forever sat down at the right hand of God. From that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering, for by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Doesn't that encourage you? Isn't that something that should make you excited? Listen to what he says. For by one offering, by what Jesus Christ did for you, you have been made perfect forever for those who are being sanctified. What He did, His shedding of the blood, allowed us to come and be able to be a part of something that you can't just walk up and be a part of. This ain't no regular club. This is a club that's special. This is a called out people. He has perfected forever. He has forever made a way for people to become a child of God and be forgiven of their sins. And not only one time. I don't have to wait a year. I don't have to bring a sacrifice. Guess what I get to do? I get to go to Him in prayer and say, Lord, forgive me. And I can be forgiven. By His offering, His body on the cross, He's perfected forever those who want to become a child and for those who are a child. Beautiful. Look at verse 15. This, but the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us, for after He had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds I will write them. Then He adds, their sins... And their lawless deeds I will remember for one more year. Huh. Nah. Jesus is real big. He don't do yearly stuff. He says, these sins and these lawless deeds I will remember no more. Hallelujah, praise God. Why can't I go tell somebody about Him? Why am I not excited about that? For the wages of sin is death, brethren. But the gift of God is eternal life. Eternal life. To have your sins remembered no more. Turn with me to one more area of Scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Why is the cross so important? Look at what Paul says. 1 Corinthians 1.18 For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. <laughs> you want to know what the cross is? It's the power of God, brethren. It is the power of God. We see God working from the Old Testament 
all the way through Jesus' life. And we see the power of God fit perfectly and come to a point at the cross. Jesus came to fulfill the law and He fulfilled it perfectly in every aspect. But brethren, so many people in the world and in the church think that the cross is foolishness. Even some of our own brethren fall into this trap. Read with me verses 19 through 23 of 1 Corinthians 1. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For the Jews request a sign, and Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block, and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than man, than men. Think about the two people in verse 22. He says, for Jews request a sign. Didn't Jesus perform miracles in front of them? Absolutely. Think about all the people that gathered around him as he did these things. He had a following, right? The Jewish leaders were scared of the people that was following around with him because of the things that he was doing. You know, they could bring sick people to him, and guess what? He'd heal them. He healed many in different areas. People wanted to be around him, but then he went on to the cross, right? (laughs) Then he got arrested. And then he got killed. Well, all those physical things that they were wanting, what? They just went away. They didn't have those signs anymore, right? And so what did they do? They walked away. Think about the application today, brethren. As long as God is the genie in our bottle, people are good with serving Him. As long as I get what I want, I'm good, right? We deserve that. But as soon as God doesn't answer our prayer like we want Him to, or something terrible and bad happens in our lives, so many times this following the Lord business is out. You know, I know people who've obeyed the gospel. I know people who have tried to live spiritually. And guess what? When they go home, they expect everything to be fixed. And guess what? It's not. And so then guess what happens? They never darken the door again. I thought God was supposed to fix all my problems. I thought He was supposed to make me better now. It felt so good when I came out of the water. 
God didn't protect me from the pain. God didn't protect me uh, from this suffering. He's betrayed me. I didn't sign up for a God that won't listen. These, peop- these types of people want God to protect them from all the difficulties of life. But He will. But when you look at the cross, it's an example of quite the opposite of that. Why is the cross important? Because the cross shows us death. It shows us suffering. It shows us pain and loss. It shows us unfairness. People being unjust. It shows us that even as God's people, we will have to face and endure these things. Amen? Jesus did it. Life won't always be easy and fair and turn out exactly the way we want it sometimes. The cross shows us that the world will be hard. But there's something better on the other side. There's something better on the other side. I got a mansion just over the hilltop. John 16, 33, These things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation. But be of good cheer, brethren. I've overcome the world. I've overcome the world. These Jews wanted a sign and the Greeks, they wanted wisdom. They wanted to be able to understand the world in their own terms. See, I'm not smart enough to be able to do that. I, I can't, I'm not smart up in the head like that. So, so I couldn't be this guy. I'm, I'm more of a sign guy. But in order for anything to make sense to these Greeks, it had to be according to their own view of life. When it came to God, if they couldn't explain Him or know everything about Him, then He wasn't the God they needed. The God they served had to fit in that box that they built for Him, right? I was reading on this and this guy gave an example. He says a college student came to his professor at a Christian college and he said, for me to believe in God, I have to have a God that I can understand. The professor smiled and said, God can't be that small. God can't be that small because He's just too big. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts then, your thoughts. I say amen to that. I say, tell me what I need to do. People in the world and even those who have obeyed the gospel sometimes find themselves in this thought process. If they can't figure out everything about God, then they just can't believe in Him. Think about the Greek gods. 
They were all gods that they made up. And listen to the characteristics of these gods. Selfish, bickering, petty, vindictive, heartless, adulterous, backstabbers, and liars. That's the God that they not only worshipped, but presented offerings to. They couldn't, they couldn't understand a God that would willingly give their life for them. I couldn't figure that out. What? what? Because they weren't willing to give their self up for somebody else. See, these gods were the gods they knew. They were the gods that they developed to fit their box. But our God isn't in no box. Amen? Our God is a big God. And our God tells us, obey my will and you will be successful. It may not be easy at all the time. It may be hard sometimes. But be of good cheer. Because I have overcome the world. I'm so encouraged by this uh, verse. Uh, I know y'all have been, have been studying Habakkuk chapter 3. Um, Melanie read it to me the other day. And, and I, it, it reminded me of uh, when I was taking class last semester, uh, the Minor Prophets. Habakkuk 3 verses 17 through 19 says this. Let this be your verse. Let this verse be what you dwell on this week. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet, and He will make me walk on high heels. <laughs> Amen, huh? Why is the cross so important? Because I know there is victory in Jesus. Many people in the world don't have a clue why we believe what we believe. They don't understand it. But we do. 1 John 4.19 says, We love Him. And brethren, I, I could ask every single one of you out here, and I know you'd give me the same answer, that you love Jesus and you love the Lord. But the reason why we love Him is because He first loved us. The last thing before we leave. What can we do to help others see the importance of the cross? I want you to think about one point. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah chapter 53. And I don't want to read it all, but I want us to focus on one main point of this servant Jesus being prophesied in the Old Testament I want to just kind of skip through it and I want to uh, I like this word and I'm going to try and use it and I hope it makes y'all think I'm learning stuff 
I want to culminate in verse 12. Y'all like that? I'm going to culminate in verse 12. See? Okay. Isaiah 53 says, Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. I want to close with this thought. What can we do to help others see the importance of the cross? Look at verse 11. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear the iniquities, bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he poured out his soul unto death. Jesus Christ gave everything he had to die for you. Here's the question. Will you do everything you can to go and preach the gospel? Will you love humanity as much as God loves humanity and be like Him and with everything it says with His soul He poured out His soul unto death. Will we pour out our soul to tell people the truth? To tell people about Jesus? Will we do like Paul said I came to preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Because here's the deal. Once the cross comes, guess what? Then comes the tomb. And then after the tomb, guess what comes? The resurrection. <laughs> Brethren, when we get to the cross, we let people know where Jesus says, I will forgive your sins by my blood. And if you want to be my child, believe in the gospel. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. If you need to be saved right now, if you need to be forgiven of your sins, Jesus died on the cross for it. If you need to be made right, if you need to repent, whatever it is, brethren, I love y'all so much, be fired up for Jesus. Come right now, together we stand and sing.